Hey everybody, this is John Oates and you are watching Life Minute TV. He's one half of the best-selling duo of all time. Rock Hall of Fame singer-songwriter John Oates has quite the impressive solo career as well. With eight albums under his belt, he's currently releasing a series of singles. We caught up with him last month to hear all about it and more. This is a Life Minute with the legendary John Oates. <laughs> well, you look great. Let's start with that. Well, thank you. You look pretty great, too. Aw, <laughs> oh, thanks. How are you doing? Doing all right. You know, I've been very, very busy, and I like being busy, so that's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Tell us what you're up to. Tell us about your new single. Well, uh, you know, I've been recording a lot of new songs, and the the, the current one is Pushing a Rock, and it's uh, it's a song that's um, it's really an, it had an interesting evolution. Uh, it started way back in 2014 uh, when I was collaborating with Nathan Paul Chapman, who's a, a great producer, uh, singer songwriter. I worked with Taylor Swift in, the early, in her early days, and. Um, he and I wrote the song for an album I was doing called Good Road to Follow. And uh, I, I liked the song and um, I'd never thought the music was quite as good as the lyrics. And during COVID, I went back and started reviewing and revisiting some older material and this song popped back up again. And it just seemed so timely and so important. Uh, and it's just actually even more important during COVID to uh, address struggle and challenges and things like that. So, so I revisited the song and I thought, you know, that the lyrics are so good that it needs better music. And so I've never, I've never ever re-recorded a, a song before. Um, and this is the first time. And I did, I, I made a new track for it, new musical bed for it. And then I ran it by Nathan just to see what he likes. And he loved it. He said, man, this is, he said, this is what it should have always sounded like from the beginning. Um, so that was cool. And uh, so then Movember came along, the Men's Health Initiative, and it wasn't written for Movember, but the, the, you know, the synchronicity, it just, you know, the song seemed to speak for the exact thing that Movember uh, was talking about. You know, it was about men's mental health and, you know, physical things like testicular and, and prostate cancer, things like that. And it's all about challenges, it's all about struggle, and it's all about overcoming them. So um, the song married up really well with the messaging, and uh, here we are. Yeah, that's nice. Um, did you shave? It doesn't look like it. Well, I, I had a little thing going down here, and I shaved that, and I, <laughs> I kept the stash in place and let it, the, what I did was I let the stash grow. <laughs> Okay, I thought we're going to see. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about it. I I don't know if I can uh, hang with my old seventies doppelganger. Um, I'm trying <laughs> trying to figure it out. You know, like it's good for now because it's November and it's all about men uh, growing their their mustache. Or oh, they, that's right. There is no shaving. It's the opposite. You have to grow the stash, right? Right. Well, you shave everything else. You grow the stash. Yes. Okay. And so right. in England, in England, they call it a mow. Here in the U.S., we call it a stash. So uh, <laughs> either, either way, I got it, and um, we're rocking November, and we'll see what happens. And you've opened up about your personal mental health struggles as well. Can you elaborate on that? Well, you know, I mean, I think I was very, you know, I feel like I was really blessed and very fortunate to grow up in a very solid uh, family. My, you know, my parents were, you know, really solid, and um, 
I didn't have any issues as a child at all. I felt very comfortable and very uh, supported and, you know, but it wasn't, it was, but later in, you know, as, as I went out on my own and began to live on my own. And, and of course, when I started working with Daryl and we started getting into the professional music business, there were a lot of challenges, a lot of things that were coming up. And, you know, now in retrospect, when I think about them, you know, they were very comp, everything was all so we, everything seemed so complicated and convoluted and it was always hard to get to the truth and 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 as i've gotten older i've realized that all my issues and the struggles and and things that i have had um have to do with dishonesty and people who are not forthcoming and you know and basically not truthful um and i i like to think of myself as a truthful person someone who values uh, integrity and truth above above a lot of things and um and I realized that that surrounding myself with the wrong people was really at the core of my issues. And it was, you know, it was things that happened to me uh, in the music business, which happens to a lot of artists, you know, things about money and, and you know, losing money or being cheated or being, uh, you know, misrepresented. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, I'm trying to be uh, trying to be as as fair as possible. I should have paid more attention to a lot of things when I was younger. Uh, but I was too busy running around the world being a pop star huh. and, you know, and and not really paying attention to a lot of the business side of things and it came to bite me. Um, so, you know, I, I addressed it by um, by basically going to therapy, realizing that there was a I had to have another way forward. And then mm -hmm. I um, I ended up just making a wholesale change in my life. And this was like 1989. This was right after Daryl and I had this big decade of pop superstardom. And I realized that that was never going to, um, it wasn't going to be uh, a way forward for me. And, and I was going to end up falling into the same track, the trap that I fell into. So I basically lived, I was living in New York, um, hanging around with the wrong people, uh, sold everything I had. Uh, I got divorced at the same time. So it was a combination of things happening. And I moved to Colorado and I re I reinvented myself. I lived in the mountains, um, eventually meeting a, a nice young gal and getting married and building a house and having a kid and and we're still together. And, um, you know, after all these years and it really changed me, it, it really made me made me more of the person I am and uh, I can live in my own skin. So it's um, it's been a transition. It's been quite a transformation, I guess is a better word. Yeah. Good for you. It's beautiful. I'm glad you uh, got there. Um, well, it wasn't easy. I can tell you that. I bet. I bet. I was going. One of the questions was, "What would your current self say to your younger self?" Well, it's funny. <laughs> I just I just read the bi biography of um, uh, Mickey Rooney, the great the great child star, and yes. you know who who was you know who was one of the biggest stars in the world, um, and his quote was when he was asked that exact same question about what would you tell yourself? He said, get a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in a way I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take that quote from Mickey Rooney, but I'll also say, you know, um, what I would tell my younger self is to, I should have paid more attention, which is what I'm basically repeating myself, but I should yeah. have paid more attention to what was going on around me and the things that were being done, so to speak on my behalf, but ne but weren't necessarily for my better in my better interest. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm glad you're speaking out and helping other people. It's so important. What's your biggest um, 
your life motto now? How do you live your life oh, now these days? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because I have my favorite motto and it's, it's, it's actually, it seems kind of funny, but it's actually, I, I actually live by this. And the motto, my motto is when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you're still in the fucking tunnel. <laughs> but that's the truth. I mean, it is to me, I, it seems like a kind of a just a, a casual flip kind of uh, statement, but it's the truth. When you're, you know, when you see, when you're in the middle of this tunnel and you see the, the light that you know you're trying to get to, don't give up because you're still in that tunnel and you still got, you got to get out to get to that light. And to me, it, and here again, it works perfectly with, with the theme of the song, Pushing a Rock. It's about pushing a rock uphill and never giving up. And when it rolls back down on you, you just keep on going. Just keep on rolling. What inspires you lately? Um, what's inspiring me is this new music. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that people seem to really be um, responding to it. And I think it, you know, what, what I've found over the years in, with pop music and, and you know, people always say, well, how do you, you know, what makes a hit? You know, how, how do you get, you know, how, how do you make a hit? Well, I don't know how to make one. You just write, write a song. And what happens is, I believe, is when the song that you write somehow connects with the zeitgeist of the moment of what's going on in the world and what's going on in the collective of people's minds. Um, when that somehow comes together, that's what makes a hit. And um, this song just seems to be resonating with people. Uh, it seems to be the, the right song at the right time in the right place. Um, I didn't plan it that way, but so, you know, it, it seems to be happening. And that really, that really makes me feel really good that um, it's something that came from my personal, you know, uh, inspiration or, or frustration, as the case may be. And it reaches, reaches people, you know. Yeah. And, and then they, of course, have their own, you know, their own emotions and their own challenges that they kind of attach to, to that music. It may not be what I was thinking, but if it works for them, then that's great. What does music do for people? Well, I think, you know, I think music is a, music is so special because it's one of the few things in this world of ours, especially the modern world that we're in, that's not visual. I mean, everything we do seems to be visual at this point. I mean, we're looking at our phone, we're reading texts, we're sending emails, we're writing emails, we're, we're watching TV, we're streaming, we're, you know, music is one of the few things that doesn't have a visual component attached to it. Um, and there's something about it that that leaves that allows music to remain in the realm of the imagination, and that that's very important because that it it's it's open to interpretation. It's open for individual interpretation. It's not it's not being force fed to you and dictated to you as how you should hear that music. You hear it the way you want to hear it, and you embrace it the way your personal experiences allows you to embrace it. And I think that's very unique. Any artists that you're into lately? Yeah, me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm such a jerk. You know, I like a lot. I like a lot of people. I mean, you know, jeez, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I listen, I hate to say this, but I'm still old school. I I go back and I listen to older music for, for inspiration. Like, uh, for instance, I... 
I was, you know, I was in, involved, you know, in, not involved, but engrossed in in following the war in the Ukraine for quite a while, and you know, still. But uh, and and I, it caused me to go back, and I listened to, and I I rediscovered one of my uh, an old favorite song by a guy named Timmy Thomas that was written in '71 called uh, "Why Can't We Live Together." And it was written about the Vietnam War, written during the Vietnam era. And I thought, wow, this song is, is exactly what's happening right now, that nothing has changed. And so I, I went and recorded it. And I, re, I reimagined it in my own, with my own style. And um, I really, uh, I was very, very excited to do that song because it was always one of my favorite songs, but I had forgotten about it. And then when I rediscovered it, I went in and recorded it. So um yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, but I like, you know, I like a lot of modern pop, you know, I like Bruno Mars, I like Ed Sheeran. Um, I like really good songwriters. Um, you know, I, I I like One Republic and Ryan Tedder. Um, you know, I mean, and to be honest with you, you know, Taylor Swift is blowing me away right now. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with that girl, but she took an inspiration pill or something because <laughs> she's always, she's always been great, but now she's really great. I don't know what the heck she's doing, but I want some of it. <laughs> That's awesome. What about touring? Will you be touring? Funny you should ask. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving on Wednesday to do a tour of Europe, a very short tour of Europe. I'm um, I'm going out with Beth Hart, who's uh, one of my favorites. She's amazing, amazing artist, incredible voice, just a very, very powerful uh, lady. And um, so uh, she's asked me to be her special guest on this European tour. She's really, really super popular, especially in Germany, uh, among other countries. So we'll do a bunch of German dates, and we're doing Zurich, Brussels, and Amsterdam as well. And I'm playing totally acoustic, unplugged, uh, and um, I'm doing the singer-songwriter thing. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be great. I haven't been to Europe in quite a while. And so it'll be cool to kind of see what, what it's like over there these days and uh, play play some songs for uh, for the peoples. Very cool. That's great. I remember when I interviewed you last time, you said something you do. Uh, I asked you what you do when you travel. And you said that you take out antibacterial wipes and you wipe down on everything. And this was before the pandemic. Really? Said I said that, that. And I remember all of us in my team were like, oh my gosh, she was like way ahead of everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, That's amazing that he said that. I, I guess I was uh, neurotically ahead of my time. Um, but <laughs> you know what's really crazy is I remember that Madison Square Garden date because it was February 28th. I remember 2020. I remember because that was the, supposed to be the beginning of our tour and that was the end of our tour. Um, and what blew me away is that here we are in the garden with 15,000 people sold out. And then we have this reception afterwards and it's like 200 people, everybody shoulder to shoulder and kissing and hugging and nobody got sick. I, so it's just a miracle. And so I'm, I'm really glad about that, obviously. And then after that, obviously the, the world kind of changed. Uh, but boy, that was just such a weird thing to happen. We'd be doing any Hall & Oates touring? Well, we just finished. We did eight oh, shows. We only did eight shows this year. Daryl's doing some solo shows, and I'm doing solo stuff. And we're gonna we'll, we'll do we'll continue to do that uh, into 23, and then uh, probably late in 23 we'll probably put some shows together. I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just excited for people to hear this music, and I hope uh, you know I hope people continue to like uh, what I'm putting out, and uh, and uh, it's always exciting when you have new songs.
It is. It's it's good, and everybody will. You're awesome. Everything you do is great. What have you been doing lately in your spare time to relax when you're not working? I've been hiking. I've been hiking, riding my bike, uh, doing yoga, and uh, I and when I really want to get away, I I go for a drive in the country, and I have. Um, I have a sports, little sports car that I like to drive and um, I'll go out into the country. I go out early in the morning. And especially now that the leaves are changing in Tennessee, it is so beautiful out. And just to take a ride on a country road with the leaves flying around and it really, uh, you know, I don't listen to the radio. I just listen to the engine and uh, I zone out and uh, it's kind of therapy for me. John, thank you so much. That was so great. Good, yeah, that was fun. I like your positiveness. Thanks very much. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv.